the Des Moines guest list. It's a busy one. Uh, we are going to start at the bottom of the hour with our friend Bill Seals from CycloneReport.com. CycloneReport.com for Bill Seals, part of the Rivals Network, previewing Oklahoma and Iowa State tonight. That game is a 7 o'clock tip. You can hear it down the hall on 100.3 The Bus, or you can watch it on your device. ESPN Plus has the... Not tell broadcast. There you go. Broadcast of tonight's affair uh, from Hilton. A chilly Hilton it will be, but that won't dissuade the uh, uh, the Cyclone fans from making their way into the building for the penultimate time this season. Well, so we'll talk to Seals. Then we're going to switch gears a little bit and pretend it's warm outside and it's baseball season, but we're going to get ahead of it. Uh, JP is going to be here. If you're looking for a part-time job this summer or even into the fall, uh, starting, um, well, soon, um, and you want to be outdoors doing so? You want to be an ump? JP's going to be here to tell us how you can get involved and put a little money in your pocket for standing out in the sun and calling balls and strikes and safing outs. Pretty good deal. Yes, it is. Uh, so that's coming up at 10 minutes before noon. Hour number two. It's busy. Adam Emenecker on the Valley. G-Migs sponsors our friend Adam Emenecker. He will be here to preview the final uh, uh, week of uh, final weekend. Now they play night two uh, of uh, of Missouri Valley hoops. Then David Eicholt at twelve fifteen on the Hawkeyes. We'll look back to last night uh, with Mister Eicholt twelve thirty off to Chicago. Cappy will join us uh, with both Cubs and with Bears and with Chicago sports topic. I just heard Ronza um, the little preview, the little mm-hmm. piece before she came on mentioned that the the Vikings are meeting with Caleb Williams today. Well, maybe they got a package. They got a Herschel Walker deal. We'll listen. Would they? No, not to the Vikings. The Bears aren't going to trade with the Vikings. You wouldn't think so. I wouldn't. I'd be shocked if they did. Yes. Um, I think it's a waste of time, quite frankly. But if they want to do that, have at it. Anyways, uh, Trent's plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsor those. Those coming up about ten minutes before one. A lot of ground to cover uh, here this morning. Let's get to Iowa last night and Penn State. A must-win game for those Hawkeyes and uh, a real. Um, historic moment i guess you can put it that way right because it was it never it's crazy to think that no hawkeye had ever got a triple double if you would have told me going into the game that iowa had never in their program history now i know assist has not been an official, uh, an official staff for a long time but it's been for, there for a while right to never have one it's unthinkable it, w- it would have been yes in fact i would have thought maybe ac earl had a game with like double double points rebounds and blocks that could have been i mean because yeah, he's yeah. I know he had games of seven, eight blocks, mm-hmm, something like that. Yeah. So somewhere along the line that that was going to happen. But great moment for Pat, Peyton Sanford. And reading and through, the way it happened, too. Right, yeah. That late rebound. Awesome. I thought Ace Bailey might just chuck one up just at the free throw line. No, he tried to make it. He mm-hmm. didn't make But can you imagine if you know Patrick wasn't able to corral the, uh, the, the toss that Peyton is uh, kind of... Oh, kind of like, uh, not handed it off, but slipped it to him. Um, yeah, but it was great. It was really good. And you could just, he knew. Mm-hmm. And you could see the joy on his face when he did it. And um, that was great. Down the stretch, he was uh, telling, I think he was telling maybe Dix, I need one more rebound. He, yeah. he said that to him as they were walking up the floor and going to the other end. Somebody was well, shooting. What he didn't realize, apparently, was it never happened before. Right. Which, same kind of uh-huh. thing as us. But. Hearing him in the post-game interview, hearing him earlier this week in the media availability, you know, he talked a lot about basketball's as identity. And there's times that, you know, with the pressure that you have, he comes mm-hmm. back here and he wants to talk golf. He loves golf. He's a great Does golfer he? in high school. Loves the PGA Tour. Wants to talk about other sports. But 
comes mm-hmm. home, what does everybody want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Want to talk about sure. hoops with him, right? Yeah. And he definitely understand that. But a chance for him just to bring us back sometimes because we fall into this trap. We look at them not as people, but basketball players. And that's all that it is. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes hand in hand with Patrick getting to 1,000 career points. Very disappointing from the Iowa fan base, the negativity that I saw online. For, following the, following yeah. the, the accomplishment because, last night, really? Yeah. Kakert and Eichel and everybody, you know, putting out the tweet, the thousand career points, yeah. and then some of the comments underneath. And they're hideous. Yeah. Grow up. It's yeah. This is a kid that had cancer media. 10 years ago. Uh-huh. This is a kid. Did he turn into what he, we thought he was going to? He hasn't. And we've said as much. Not the but only it, one, Trent. Yeah. But in that moment, when a kid gets to a thousand career points, and the first thing you want to do is rip him, is tear him down. Yeah. yeah. Be better. Right, they won't. And it's this it is not just happened. a Hawkeye thing. No, it's not. But it was it's a Hawkeye not. thing last night. But it, but you're but you're 100 right. It's 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 cross. It's Twitter. It's social media. I think it's gross. A lot of times it is. And I am not there is. nearly as much as I once was. That yeah, is, for sure. is, is that true? Yeah. yeah. I, I can't stay away from him. And I mean, for every one of those, there's John Stewart crying about his dog dying, uh, which is I mean, just a remarkable moment on Twitter. And millions of people have watched it, and I watched it. With tears in my eyes, like millions of other people did. Mm-hmm. So there are good moments on there, uh, but um, like we're not going to solve that problem. We're not, though. No, it's, it's the reality of it. Speaking yeah. of great moments, i got to tell you this story. So yesterday, uh, get down to Wells Fargo Arena, and I'm calling a girls' basketball game, 4 yeah. quarterfinal, Waverly Shell Rock Sioux Center. Great game. Uh, both teams have freshmen that are studs. Uh, this Franken girl for Sioux Center, she's a point guard. She's like six foot already. And where's she going to school? wherever she wants. Is that right? She nearly had a triple-double herself. She had 12 points, 18 rebounds as a point guard, and <laughs> had eight assists in the game. She's incredibly athletic, handles it well, um, and is going to be just better and better as her career goes on. But something on a personal front. So my cousin, uh, who's a month younger than me, we grew up together, same class growing up in Osage, her daughter is a senior this year. And has played with this group of seniors for Waverly Shell Rock for well, since they're in second grade. She tore her ACL uh, back in December during Christmas break. They're scrimmaging Cedar Falls, mm. non-contact injury. Mm-hmm. You see it happen a ton. You do. And saw it happen in the Super Bowl. Yes, <laughs> going back onto the field. And so her daughter Lily, senior season's over. The group that she'd grown up with are undefeated. Yeah. They won again yesterday, and she's got the big brace on. And after they won the game, the girls' state tournament, they do such a great job. And one of my favorite moments every time is the team that wins, you get to take the little sticker on the big bracket. Right, put it on. And push it, put your team forward. We've seen that happen now. NCAA tournament does Uh it in the locker room and things like that. That's relatively new. But the first place I ever saw it was at the girls' state tournament probably six, seven years ago. And it's just such a cool moment. And instead of having one of their top players do it, they let Lily. Nice. And she limps up there with her huge yeah. brace on her knee and be able to do that. I uh, talked to my cousin afterwards and her husband, and they just said they're getting their phones out because they didn't know beforehand. They're getting their phones out, and they're both bawling as it was going <laughs> on. But just really, really cool moment yeah. yesterday in a really well-played game uh, that went down to the end. Have some more basketball this afternoon as I'll be back down there for Audie Crooks' alma mater. I'll go into Garrigan. They take on St. Albert uh, this afternoon. I'll do that one on the digital network. And then tomorrow morning... Back on the radio as it will be pretty good semifinal. All purple. Johnston against Waukee. Winner will play for the title Friday night. We'll have that one for you. 10 a.m. tip-off tomorrow morning. early. 
And uh, right after that, let's scoot over here, do a little show with you, and then pop back over. Got more basketball. Been a busy the, week. Tis the time, is yes. it not? And rinse and repeat next week when the boys come to town. Yes. Uh, Josh Dix was phenomenal, but just a weird line. Right? <laughs> 20 points, no rebounds, uh, one assist. And he had eight. How many did he have? Seven. For, he was seven for seven to start the game. Seven for seven. Yeah. Missed his eighth shot, which was a three from the left corner. Did he score? He had 18 at the half? Uh, I believe so. You didn't score much. Yeah. He might have had one basket in the second half. Look, they didn't shoot the ball with the exception of him. Mm-hmm. They, as a team, they did not shoot the ball worth a damn. Patrick, one for six. And we won't remember this down the line. No, because of the triple-double, because right. of Dix, and because I, th- I hope some people remember Patrick Mahat- McCaffrey. Uh, that was the day that he uh, scored his 1,000 point, did so from the free-throw line. We'll remember Sanford having the triple-double. We'll remember that he didn't shoot the ball well. He shot. No, he didn't. He, he was, he was over his first you know, five from three. Most of his points came at the charity strike. Yeah, absolutely. 18, 18 out of 19? Are you kidding me? <laughs> But you know what I'll remember about uh, his, not, yeah, the free throw's one thing. The game that him and Dix put together, mm-hmm. that two little two-man, that cut to the basket, I mean, Peyton Sanford, I don't know if it was eye contact or whatever, but Dix, uh, you know, m- moving toward the basket, a little bounce pass right on the muddy, bing, bang, boom, two points, off they go the other way. Uh, it was... Um, it was a much-needed win, as we mentioned. It was, they have to win. They have to win. And they did last night. Penn State, to their credit, I mean, Iowa came out and they swamped them. They did. But Penn State came back uh, in that basketball game. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is going to be brutal tomorrow on the radio uh-huh. if we have to talk about a collapse like this. But that wasn't in the cards. Peyton Sanford's triple-double, the first in school history, was. So Iowa now currently is up to a 17% chance of making the NCAA tournament. They would be a 10 seed uh, as the projected seed that they have at this point in time. Mm -hmm. But we know they will not be announcing the uh, selection coming up this afternoon. So that does not tell us the whole story. At Illinois and then or at Northwestern, then Illinois to finish Mm -hmm. things up. By the way, we'll have tickets to that Illinois game. On Friday, we'll give you an opportunity. uh, Well, you know, the Gerald Miller and Condon Twitter account. Thank you, Dr. Stephen Fuller. They would be one of the last four in if they win the final two, going into the conference tournament. According to Bart Torvik, they would, in fact, be playing Florida Atlantic in Dayton. Good. Not too bad. Just get in. Now, I was playing around with that MRED website last night, and one thing that I found as I was playing around with it was that Iowa still has a path to the sixth seed winning these final two games. And with that, that means likely playing Northwestern after your first-round matchup. You get to the semifinals then, and then mm-hmm. you're feeling really good. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say lock status. Win these last two, beat either who would huh. it be, Michigan or Penn State, who's they play in the first game. Mm-hmm. Beat Nebraska, you're in the semifinals. I, I think you're home free. In fact, I think you avoid Dayton six, in that 13, scenario. 3, 6. Yeah. Hello. I think you're all of a sudden looking at maybe a 10 seed, even an 11 seed, but not going to Dayton, something like that. A real good chance for Iowa, well, but it's easier said than done. It's true, and and Northwestern is not going to be easy. They're going to be an underdog in that game, but they're playing they're playing their best basketball of the year, mm-hmm. and they're seemingly more committed uh, to the defensive end of the floor. There's certainly going to be lapses when it comes to Iowa, but on a night where Tony Perkins didn't score in the first 20 minutes, he was on the bench. What is about 12 and a half minutes left, I think, in the first half that he uh, picked up his second foul and. 
was going to be right beside McCaffrey or on the bench, uh, and, and he was. Harding came in, gave him some good minutes, had a nice three. That was his only uh, points of the basketball game. Dembali was okay last night. He stepped out and he hit did, a little three. He did? Um, did that against he, Illinois, too. He did. Good to see that he's got the big fellas, got that uh, type of range. The Sanford brothers, uh, older brother, Pat addition off to younger brother and younger brother. Uh, Price with the uh, with the three balls. So good for Iowa. Good to see. Take that next step, that necessary step. Now go into Evanston and beat the Cats, and it all comes down to next weekend. If they go one and one in the remaining stretch, I do not see a way that they stay out of the eight nine game, and that means having to play Purdue in the quarterfinals. In the quarterfinals, and they they can't win that game, can no, they? No. I just no, no. You don't see it happening, but. With a win in the final two, it's a real possibility. In that scenario, beat those last two teams, beat Michigan in the first round, beat Nebraska in the quarters, and then lose to Illinois, say, in the semifinals. They do that. They are the eighth top team in, out of the bottom of the bracket. So they are safely in the bracket in that scenario doing that. They'd be a 10 seed facing off against Boise State in the opening round. Okay. And then, let's see how it would set up. The two seed they would see is Marquette. Depends what, day, depends what time you, what day you see him. I can't right. wait to watch him against Creighton. I haven't uh, had a good look at Marquette. Well, I saw them get blown up against UConn, but um, apparently they're better than that. <laughs> they, they must be where they're ranked. Yes. Um, not sure about Kansas. I mean, how does that happen, right? BYU mm-hmm. just pounded the you-know-what on. Let's talk about Iowa State and Oklahoma real quick. Um, Oklahoma, this was the... Um, Lid lifter on the Big 12, was it not? Remember, they played Oklahoma and then Houston at home, right? Yes. Opened on the road against Oklahoma because I remember our conversation. Boy, you hate to start 0-2. Didn't, mm-hmm. Wouldn't have seen that coming. Uh, but they didn't as they beat Houston um, uh, on that uh, opening night at home at uh, at Hilton. But they fell to Oklahoma on the road on a, on a in a game, rather, where Tyron Lipsy was just awful. Lipsy could not hit the broad side of a barn. He was one for ten in uh, in the basketball. Taman Lipsy, what I call him. Uh, um, <laughs> I was wondering where he goes. Yeah, um, has he got a brother? No, but maybe. Yeah. Hopefully, he's younger uh, and he wants to be a cyclone. But uh, but Taman Lipsy was one of ten in the basketball game. Uh, didn't shoot the ball well at all. Oklahoma. Look, they're okay, but yeah. they're not on Iowa State's level. They're just okay. And Oklahoma at that time was playing their best basketball of the year. They got off to the hot start in the non-conference. They were 13-1 and after that. Now Oklahoma is 19-8. and Yeah. Yeah. They're 6-7 and uh, six and mm-hmm. seven now uh, since that one. Took overtime to beat Oklahoma State over the weekend and a buzzer beat to do that. They lost the two games previous. It's not a team playing very well. It was, you mentioned Lipsy. McCollum on the other side also played really well for Oklahoma in that game. Iowa State shot three of 16 from behind the arc. And that's going to happen. Don't see that happening. No, No, not at home. Absolutely not. Well, on the other side, 40% from downtown for Oklahoma, 10 of 25. Mm -hmm. uh, 42% overall from the field in that game. Curtis Jones had yet to break out. Right. Uh, He had seven in that game. Hassan Ward had a big game. He had 12 and seven. We've, has Hassan... Kind of slid back a little bit. You know what? I, I'm not sure if he slid back. You know what I think might it might be? It's Robert Jones kind of taking over that conversation. That's fair, yeah. Because he's been really, really It's hard to take him off the floor. Uh, it is. It is. Um, especially when he's got that little floater going and he has that hook shot. 
Uh, he still misses way too many bunnies right under the basket, but uh, he's doing a lot of really good things. A lot of really good things, and I think it's maybe a product of Robert Jones not giving up those minutes that mm-hmm. we thought Ward would come in and elbow his way in and take. So a big game tonight. Uh, ESPN Plus has, of course, down the hall, 100.3 the bus on the call for that one if you are so inclined and cannot uh, see the game on uh, on a device of any kind. So after last night, you said they moved up a notch in the net? Iowa did just just just, just, just one a spot. Nine. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a big talker, and we'll get. To, I'm sure this is Jeff on hold. Jeff, you stay right there. We'll come to you. Um, it's been a big talker as of late. Uh, the Big 12's non-conference schedule, and the fact there's a lot of, of folks, um, Clemson's head coach being one of them, uh, calling out the Big 12 for manipulating the net the way that they did back in the non-con portion of the season. Mm-hmm. Trent, we've been bitching about this since November and December. Well, and this is not this is a thing that Iowa has done recently and that's where the conversation started with me. Cuz I remember yeah because you and Kaker would go back and forth. Well, and this. that was because in the old days of the RPI when you scheduled these garbage games, it, it would kill you. Right, it didn't help you like the net does. Right, because you play these terrible teams and it would tear down your non-conference strength of schedule. And that is what the RPI is based on is schedule. That is what it's measuring mm-hmm. more than anything is what you do against your schedule. With the net rating, you have efficiency numbers that are built in there. And when you do that, and that's how when you looked at Iowa's resume the last couple of years when they made the tournament, and overall it wasn't the shiniest, but they were safely in the tournament all these years, especially last year when they were in the 8-9 game against Auburn. And you kind of look at the totality of the resume and you say, how? It's because when you play these non-conference mm-hmm. teams and you play the garbage by games that I was done historically, it was terrible in the RPI system. It's great in the net system if you beat them by 30, 40 mm-hmm. points because efficiency is built in. And the I, Big 12 as a league did that mm-hmm. this uh, this knock. Who sent out the memo? Who's the brains behind this? Oh, I'm sure your market Did it come company. from the top? I would think so because the Mountain West did the exact same thing with the old RPI system. I don't know if you remember, and this is that kind of, led to the change this to the was net the system. breaking point is it was the year that the Mountain West I think they got five teams in maybe four and they went 0 and four in the first round and they had a lot of those middle tier tier teams that got in you know mm-hmm. seven ten range something like that but they manipulated the RPI in the way that they did it at the time instead of playing those buy games against Eastern Illinois Mississippi Valley State Maryland Eastern Shore instead of doing those we're just going to schedule a D2 game it's not going. It's still a buy game. Uh-huh. It's not going to lead to a difference in attendance. Like they don't care if it's a D two right. school no. or Maryland Eastern Shore coming in for a game. Yeah. It's going to be the same attendance wise. Maybe even the buy rates lower because it's probably a local D two team that comes in. But it doesn't impact your RPI. So suddenly your thirteen non league games. Well, there's actually only eleven because two of those buy games that you normally had aren't on your RPI, and then it builds your RPI up. And the NCAA said, well, we've got enough of this. We can't have all these Mountain West teams in here. we got to have power conference teams in here. So they came up with the net system. And now we're getting the computer trickers that are figuring this one mm-hmm. out. You play the bad teams. You throttle the bad teams. Mm-hmm. It's going to help you. Though it's capped margin of victory at 10, that is true. 10-point victory or 40-point victory, that is the same as it pertains to margin of victory. However, the efficiency numbers are not capped. Is that something that they need to tweak? The answer is yes, because all of these Big 12 schools are all of a sudden in that quad one category, mm-hmm. when, and when obviously one team's going to win, one team's going to lose, and your loss isn't as bad, uh, and your win keeps you there. Um, it's fascinating to watch. I think, uh, what's his name, Brownell or Browning? Brad, Brad, Brad Brownell. Brownell, yep. Uh, at Clemson. One of the finalists for the Iowa job 14 years I ago. I remember that name, mm-hmm. Trent. I do remember that name. 
I'm glad they went the other way. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I would like Brad Brownell too, but I really like Fran. McCaffrey. Fran has been better than Brownell has at Clemson. I'm, 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 I'm a McCaffrey guy. I like uh, I like Fran McCaffrey. Look at what Houston did in the non-conference: Louisiana Monroe. They won 84 31. Mm. Texas A&M Corpus Christi 82 to 50. Stetson won by 31. Townsend that was a tight one, won by 16. That was also a neutral court. That was their exempt tournament uh, that they played in. Beat Montana by 35. Beat Rice by 36. Do Iowa State? <laughs> Iowa State, and it's the same kind of conversation. Beat Green Bay 85-44. Yes, that's right, folks. A 41 point victory. Lindenwood, yes, they're D1, and you've got a 102-47 win against them. Sounds like an old folks' home. Idaho State, they beat by 31. Grambling, they beat 92-37. You go and you continue, <laughs> and the home slate. Prairie View A and M 107-56. Florida A and M 96-58. Eastern Illinois 80 to 48. And New Hampshire the tight one 85 to 70. Yeah, and the only the the the, uh, the two bad games on the schedule happened to uh, be against teams with a pulse. An and not ACC, great teams either. No, they're not. Uh, a, an ACC and an SEC team. Um, in in A and M and uh, what Virginia Tech. Well, Brownell, he's the one that brought this up. So let's see what they did in the non conference for their bye games, if you will, their good, home schedule. Good idea. Winthrop, usually a solid Big South team, not too bad. Local team on top of it. They played Boise State, brought them in, decent Mountain West yeah. team. Alcorn State, all right, there's a bye game. South Carolina, okay, NCC team, yeah. and played a real home. Queens College, all right. Okay. <laughs> Pipe down, Brunel. <laughs> and Radford, who has had some okay seasons. But it's not at the level that we just saw with Houston and Iowa State. No, it's Just not. the sheer volume. There's a couple of games on there. And they played three neutral court games. They played in a four-team exempt tournament. UAB and Davidson's who they played in a neutral court game against TCU. So had three neutral court games there on top of it. So Clemson's got a little something there, I guess. A little something. Anyways, we will uh, talk uh, Iowa State uh, coming up here in a few minutes with our friend Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com. And then we're going to give you, if you're you're looking for something like this, you want to get outdoors, um, you know, a little pocket income, Never thought about this avenue to make some money. Want to ump some baseball? You can't play anymore. Wheels just aren't there what they used to be, or whatever your case may be. And you love the game. You want an opportunity to be out there on a the field, etc. Uh, JP's going to come by for some information. Uh, he was with us last year, but late in the year, I uh, never really gave you an opportunity to jump on this right from the get go. So uh, he'll come in here tell us uh, more about that coming up. But we will get to Bill Seals uh, on Iowa State. It's a seven o'clock tip again. Oklahoma in town tonight for that one. And they pasted, nah, I don't want to paste it, but they were the better team uh, in Norman that day. Uh, certainly no disputing that. Let's get a, uh, a real quick uh, call in here. Kyle wants to chime in. Kyle, uh, you got about a minute before we got to get to break. Welcome. What's on your mind? Um, I, I took the Hawks last night, and I was disturbed by the end of the game with Peyton's, uh, while getting his, his uh, triple-double, and celebrating, he did not play defense in, in the backdoor cover. Uh, pissed me off. Well, I know you're not alone because I saw a lot of people is that, that banked is in that, three-pointer. That number that came into play, you've got to be kidding me. Closing oh. number was nine and a half. Last, last second give up. <laughs> and he was too busy throwing his arms in the air and smiling to get Ray back. Ray Quandas Davis, or Mitchell. <laughs> Ray Quandas Mitchell, he was the guy that got you. Oh, isn't gambling fun, Kyle? Well, it, it has its moments, and uh, you you know you, you gotta you gotta uh, 
know when to pull them and uh, and and know when to lay it out there. And, yeah. Uh, you get those bad breaks sometimes. Indeed. Thanks for the call, Kyle. I didn't realize <laughs> that. Appreciate it. <laughs> one of us, Kyle. He's one of us. That's that's good. So is it was close at nine and a half? Close at nine and a half. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> Banked in three. Oh, my God. Ray Quandis Mitchell. Kyle won't forget that name. No. I, apparently, Kyle's not alone. No, not at all. Uh, Bill Seals, he'll join us next on Iowa State, Oklahoma tonight for those Cyclones. I look forward to catching up with Bill Seals, and we'll do that on the other side of this timeout. Underway on a Wednesday, it's Miller and Condon, and it's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's talk some Cyclones, shall we? Bill Seals is with us. CycloneReport.com, part of the Rivals Network. CycloneReport.com for Bill Seals. He joins us. Bill, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Well, way back in the beginning of January, the Big 12 season started on the road for the Cyclones uh, with a loss against Oklahoma State. It was, it was a very, it was, I mean, Lipsy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He wasn't alone. He had company shooting poorly that that day, uh, but this is a different basketball team, and they're at home. Iowa State's uh, going the right way. Oklahoma's kind of spinning their wheels. What do you anticipate tonight, Bill Seals? I think this is a different Iowa State team probably than than what opened the Big 12 season. TJ alluded to that a little bit yesterday with his uh, uh, media availability, and you, you, you mentioned Taman Lips. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I mean, what are the odds he's going to be uh, one for ten uh, tonight, <laughs> probably not good. Uh, you know, he and Keyshawn Gilbert in that game were limited just to ten points uh, combined, and they both fouled out in the game. So that was another factor. I forgot about in that, that. yeah. And in Oklahoma, you know, Iowa State's turning people over at what well, I think that, according to Ken Palm, now the second highest uh, turnover. Uh, percentage defensively and uh, in that game uh, they only turned OU over 11 times and that you know I think that was probably another uh, little bit of a factor so uh, and Curtis Jones as well we talked seems like we Mm -hmm. talked about him every week and he had seven points in that in that game and he's really found his rhythm so so many things different in this Iowa State team uh, than than what we saw a month and a half ago when they opened conference play. You know, a guy that we brought up, and we just haven't talked a ton about Hassan Ward. We know what an athlete he is off the bench. He came in off the injury and was playing at an incredibly high level. It hasn't been that same level, but still coming in there and doing some things. Now, do you think that we could see maybe him unlock yet another tier and be out there, take a few of those minutes for Robert Jones down the clutch? What, what are your expectations going forward the rest of the year for Ward? Well, I think he he just uh, he, I think he'll he'll probably maintain that that current role that he's that he's been playing you know, between fifteen and, and twenty minutes a game, kind of give him some energy off the bench, and you, you just never know with some of those big guys they can be prone to foul trouble as well. Uh, uh, Robert Jones uh, could get into foul trouble, you never know, and, and, and Trey King. It seems like if if Iowa State can get him going, if he hits his first shot or first couple shots, it seems like we get a, a different Trey King than, than we do if he kind of struggles early, and, and it seems like that sets the tone. So you just never know. I think it could be a, dependent on maybe what the if Iowa State even wants to play big as well. They have the flexibility of doing that. So it's a lot of factors there, but I think at the very least, you're still looking at him 15 to 20 uh, minutes a game, and uh, he, he's day to day as well too. He, he was uh, with that shoulder injury that he had suffered. He was out 
a little bit of that West Virginia game and came back to non-contact practice participation yesterday, and they were going to kind of evaluate him. So uh, we'll we'll actually take that back. It was on Monday that he returned to non-contact. So it was kind of up in the air if he was going to return to contact duty uh, yesterday. So he's probably, I I would say he's probably going to go tonight. Mm -hmm. He did come back in the, the game against the Mountaineers. So probably looking good for him tonight. Uh, Jackson Pavaleski was looking really good against West Virginia. In fact, I might go as far as to say that was his most impactful game in conference play. Would you go there, Bill? I mean, I thought he was really good against the Mountaineers. Well, yeah, certainly. We, we talk about so many reasons why this Iowa State team is is different than what we've seen the last couple seasons. And yeah, specifically last season, could you imagine if there was a game where Taman Lipsy had foul trouble in the first half, or God forbid, he was he was injured uh, at any point last year. That team would have been sunk. But uh, this season, they're able to kind of weather the storm. Taman was out and having foul trouble against West Virginia, and they they weathered the storm and and they were fine. Really, they they maintained that that comfortable uh, buffer between them and and the Mountaineers and were able to prevail, and I think Jackson's found his role as well. He's kind of that going to be that top point guard coming in off the bench. Curtis Jones kind of more into that scoring, that shooting guard off the bench role, and Jackson's able to spell Taman or or uh, Keyshawn and, and do a great job, and especially defensively. He's uh, he, he's uh, just that, that junkyard dog, I guess you could call him out there, and, and you know, getting, getting in the middle, not afraid to, to mix it up, and has a nice touch uh, scoring-wise as well as learned kind of to get into the pain. He's got a nice little fadeaway, a little runner, and uh, I like what I see out of him. I think you're right, Kenny. That was uh, certainly an impactful performance on Saturday. Cyclone Reports' Bill Seals joining us here on Miller & Condon on KXNO. Bill, uh, four remaining games starting tonight with Oklahoma, all very winnable, in fact, projected to win all four of the games down the stretch at Ken Palm, eight points against Oklahoma tonight, against UCF on the road by four, five against BYU, and K-State by five as well on the road. If that happens, dare to dream a little bit. Houston, they slip up and potentially could go that direction. But we're talking about not just getting to the two-seed line come NCAA tournament time. Do you see a path to a one-seed? Uh, our bracketologist said probably not. Yeah, yeah, it it it'd be a tough road. I they they would need uh certainly need Houston to to slip up. Uh the the Cougars have already got their midweek win. They uh, toppled Cincinnati and now uh Oklahoma UCF Kansas, maybe the Kansas game gives them a little trouble there, but really this KU team without McCaller is a different one as mm-hmm. well. So I think there'd be a little bit of slippage maybe from Houston and Iowa State certainly has to win out and and go on and, and win the conference tournament as well certainly wouldn't help matters. But then you're looking maybe uh, uh, maybe a high-end two-seed. But I, I think really what what I think everybody is hoping for, a Cyclone fans certainly included, is to get out to Omaha in those first sure. two rounds. And I think that requires them getting ahead of, of uh, the way things are looking right now. And, you know, Jamie Pollard was on with uh, Murph and Andy yesterday afternoon. And I think Iowa State needs to at least get ahead of Kansas or Baylor to uh, 
at least one of those two teams finish ahead of them in the pecking order, and they're going to get to go to Omaha the first two rounds. Well, BYU did uh, them a favor last night by knocking off those Jayhawks, and I think there's more L's down the road uh, for them before the season uh, comes to an end. Let me preface this by saying I don't think T.J. Otzelberger is going anywhere. Uh, like I said, Matt Campbell, likewise. However, we see the national media, uh, when, when the football program has a good year, uh, every coach's list or uh, hot list or a list of repl- potential replacements, Campbell's on it. TJ's starting to pop up on some of those lists when it comes to basketball openings that are certain to occur, and some already have. Ohio State, although it seems like Sean Miller's going to get that. But you get my point. Are you seeing more of it? And I guess what are your how are your message boards at Cyclone Report reacting to the fact that maybe your basketball coach uh, is going to be coveted uh, during this uh, go-round uh, of hiring new coaches? You know, there hasn't really been as much speculation with TJ on my, my message boards as there was with Matt. I think just because the Otzelberger, this is, this kind of seems to really be home for him. Uh, it's not, not that it's not like that with Matt Campbell, but TJ's already been here a couple other 10 years as an assistant coach. Um, he, uh, you know, his wife is, is, uh, you know, spent her college mm-hmm. years here. They've got young families seem very happy. And I, I just think that this is home for TJ right now. And, and as we've seen with uh, what Jamie's done for the football program, I think he's going to make sure that he takes care of things in the in the basketball offices, and and that he can maintain you know the coaching staff and, and take care of things in that regard. And I can imagine that TJ probably gets a nice little pay bump as well. Sure, uh, fall season. And gosh, uh, why why is he not right now the certainly the Big Twelve coach of the year but i uh, gotta think he's in the naismith uh, running mm-hmm. as well yep. coach of the year probably should have been in year one too guys i mean that so many times that gets overlooked they go two and 22 and then he goes to week 16 should have happened then but i gotta think he's in the running to have it happen now what can you tell us about the twister sisters iowa state women making their way coming up here down to the big 12 tournament also uh, what they still have to maintain their status as a tournament team sitting at 16 and 10 yeah, they've got uh, certainly a, a tough matchup on the road at, at Kansas State coming up uh, here tonight, a 6.30 uh, tip on that, a, a K-State team that uh, that was a good matchup when they, they played them uh, earlier yeah. in the season. Iowa State won that one by three, so you know this has uh, probably been circled on the yep. uh, wild calendar for a while. It's going to be a tough road down there, and then they will wrap up at home on on Saturday against Cincinnati. It's kind of a different uh, different feel, I think, for their schedule this season. Uh, the Big 12 tournament's going to be at the, the T-Mobile uh, Center a week earlier than the men, mm-hmm. so it's going to have a different feel down there for Big 12 tournament uh, for the men's tournament this week, not have the women play it at the same time. But uh, Iowa State uh, at least go one and one, I think, to finish this season. Uh, win, uh, maybe win a couple in Kansas City. They got to feel pretty good, I think, of their chances of getting into the NCAA tournament. Uh, is K State's best player back? She was hurt for quite a while. Uh, the center, I can't think of her name. Yeah, I think she has. Uh, is she? she has- Oh, you know yeah. what? I think she came back when Iowa State played him a couple of weeks ago because Fenley was asked about it, and he said something along the lines that he's confident that she'll be. Was I'm pre- Let me look it up. Damn it, <laughs> Lee. Her name is Lee. Yes. That's her last name is Lee. And she's six foot five, and she's a yes, stud. Yes, 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 yes. Lee. 
played uh, she played played thirty three minutes in that game, scored twenty oh, points. Geez. Iowa State got the got the best K State team a few weeks yeah. ago and was able to get them at home. Almost uh, ten thousand people in attendance for that game it was a great environment. Wow. So, uh, but yeah, this this game's going to be circled for K State, no doubt. So it's going to be a tough one down there tonight. What do you got coming up at Cyclone Report, Bill Seals? Yeah, just a lot of uh, this week some good basketball recruiting coverage. Uh, there were six recruits in town for that West Virginia game last Saturday. You don't see that a whole lot no. in basketball season, but uh, you know some of those high school recruits, their seasons are winding down, maybe a little more openings in the calendar. So I've gone through and talked to a lot of the recruits that were in town and a lot of positive momentum going certainly for uh, for the Iowa State program off the, off the court as well in recruiting. So some profiles on those recruits and then uh, going to be a big game tonight as well coverage from that and and uh, and football uh, football recruiting and and football just in general the spring football just around the corner will start up the week after spring break so oh, wow. we'll be right back into football mode it seems like right as basketball's winding down it's okay a, a year-round <laughs> endeavor guys we're in for that speaking of football what are you uh, hoping to hear from tj tampa's teams will get i believe tomorrow is when he's going By to. By the way, Kuiper has him in the first round. There's a first round grade right there. What do you think of Tampa? Well, I think uh, if, if he runs well, I don't see why he won't be a, a first rounder. He's got he's got great tape. Uh, got the measurables. What six mm-hmm. one, six two, and mm-hmm. just a, a dynamic athlete. So I don't see why he wouldn't be a, a first rounder. But again, I think it's going to come down to how run how well he runs and, and tests and in some of those uh, some of those drills. When does he run, Bill? Do you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe so. It, it's, uh, it, it, I, I'm not sure the exact time, but it's uh, it, coming up this week sometime. Okay. But, uh, and then he'll get another opportunity. Pro I day, sure. Well, Big 12 Pro Day. That's uh, It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Iowa State's not going to have right. a contingent down in Dallas as they have in Ames with you know some recent years that we've seen with, what, Brock Purdy and mm-hmm. Reed Hall. They're the same day one year, but uh, TJ is going to have another big audience down there if he uh, chooses to participate in that as well. I forgot, all, but that's a, that's new. That's a your mark endeavor, right? That begins. This. It is. So will Iowa State still hold their own, Bill? No, they are not. Actually. They're not. Okay. They're going to go down there, and I, I haven't heard confirmation one way or another if TJ is going to go down there. I can imagine he probably has to. will. Yeah, he has to choose what he wants to do yep. but uh, just all depends maybe i mean if he tests like uh you know tests great down uh, at the combine you know maybe he doesn't you just never know we'll, we'll see how it goes bill seals talk to you next week bill appreciate you coming on thank you thanks guys have yep. a good day good to talk to you bill seals cyclonereport.com as we check in on Iowa State, Iowa State, Oklahoma tonight. So next week is senior night, and that's also a Wednesday at 7, which means that's also got to be Big 12 Plus, I mean ESPN Plus, right? More than 7 o'clock tip? Yeah. Because they're 6 or 8 for TV. Most of the time, yeah. Most of the time. Oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yep, no sense squawking about it any longer. Well, if you're squawking about maybe not having uh, some disposable income in your pocket, you want to do something different, um... If you're a student, you know, a summer job, want to get outside, uh, call Balls and Strikes, we've got a pathway to you, and we'll let you know how you can uh, get involved uh, when JP joins us coming up next. He runs the umpiring um, 
for both fast pitch and slow pitch, right? Yeah, fast pitch and baseball. And so, baseball. Yeah, for Iowa U-Triple-S-A and Central Iowa Sports. Uh, he's with us next. The 411 on that. Busy hour number two. Emmenecker on the Valley. Eicholt on the Hawks. Cappy on Chicago Sports. Trent's plays of the day. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to our buddy JP Richardson, Iowa Triple S. A, uh, that's the uh, website, IowaTripleSA.com, I-A, if I got it right, U-S-Triple-S-A.com. You can go One more time. to register for umpire services, yep. and that's what we're talking about most, I-A-U-S-O.com. That is the website. We'll get that off the top, I-A-U-S-O.com. And is that on our Twitter page? Uh, we'll get it up there. Good idea. Let's get to JP. He joins us. JP, we had you on a couple of times last year. It was late, though, uh, and it was a very popular segment. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad you're back with us earlier this year because before you know it, uh, some of the, the graduates uh, that come through your course will be yelling, play ball, and I think we're, we're all looking forward to those days. So uh, what is the need, JP? And I know that this weekend you got a pretty special guest instructor. Yeah, maybe the best umpire in Major League Baseball, Pat Hoberg, is going to be with you uh, on Saturday. So good to have you back. Pat Hoberg there Saturday. And uh, I guess how can folks get involved is I want to make sure we get as much covered as we can. Yeah, hey, thanks, Ken. Thanks, Trent. Good to see you guys again. Hard to believe that uh, spring training is all, uh, upon us even today. It doesn't feel like it, but Saturday we're going to have 60s and 70s degrees, so it's going to be a great day for a clinic. But, yeah, you had the website correct, gentlemen. It's IAUSO.com. No matter if you're 14 to a retired person, male, female, um, part-time, we're looking for umpires to help us uh, umpire our youth fast pitch and baseball through the USSA program um, here in Iowa. Last year we scheduled over 15,000 games, so there is a definite need and a chance to make some good money. Like I always tell Trent and you, I think, last year, and anybody I speak to, it is the best part-time gig in the world, especially if you love the game of baseball and fast pitch. Um, But, yeah, uh, he's not – coming for us he's part of this um pat holberg uh probably one of the top umpires in major league baseball today happens mm-hmm. to be an urbandale native yep. still has a home here in iowa and a home in uh, arizona but he is coming back on saturday through his umps care program he's part of this program called umps care um what they do is uh go out and they take um care of financial needs of military families, uh, hospitalized children, and they also do a scholarship every year for an Upscare scholarship. The Cooper family, our former Major League umpire, um, we miss him greatly. Eric Cooper was a Hoover High School graduate, and uh, And he was involved in it. What's that? And a cyclone. And a cyclone, correct. Yes, he was. Actually, he called some balls and strikes for their club team up there. (laughs) And um, he... uh, their family was in part uh, partnered up with Umps Cares, and they um, they took uh, care of a college student through his uh, four years at USC. They paid him forty thousand dollars mm. through the Umps Care program. Um, so it was it's a tremendous thing. But he's coming in with that program. That I, I'm actually a guest instructor for their six-week leadership program for youth umpires ages 13 to 18, being held every Wednesday night at Hoover High School 
starting tonight. It's not too late to, to start, but if you can't make it tonight, we'd like a thir- the 13 through 18-year-olds that are interested in becoming an umpire to come out and meet Pat Oberg. He's going to be doing some cage work, showing us how to uh, do balls and strikes and the p- proper positioning and plate mechanics this Saturday at Hoover High School at 10 a.m. Well, that's really great and a great opportunity for young people to get involved. When you talk to those young people, you know, a guy listening right now, he's got a son or daughter that still likes baseball, maybe not going to be able to play at the varsity level come high school time, but still wants to be involved. And what kind of people do you see? And do you see you know, high school softball and baseball players that also umpire for their summer job? Yeah, so what's great is because they're independent contractors with us, they, we have a program called a signer, and they just open up the dates they can work. And if they have that date open, we're getting them on the field working. That's we do great. have on-the-job training, so they're earning while they learn. Uh, our our season starts about mid-March, but we're in full uh, swing through April through October. And um, we have some great players that play for some of our high school teams here, but on their off weekends they're out there calling balls and strikes. But I also want to tell you this, Trent. We have a lot of parent, son, mm-hmm. um, father, daughter, father, uh, mother, son, mother, daughter uh, groups umpiring together. And what a great way to spend a weekend <laughs> with your kid and going out and calling some balls and strikes and making some money together. Uh, that's awesome. So when you say making some money, give us an idea of uh, how much you know how much you can put in your pocket if you're willing to work, uh, you know, multiple games on a Saturday or a Sunday or both. What kind of money sure. are we talking? So anywhere from our fast pitch to our baseball. So we do fast pitch. We do down from eight and nine year olds all the way up to high school for fast pitch. That's girls softball. And then for the baseball side, we do from eight and nine year olds all the way up to the 13 and 14 year olds. So you can make anywhere from $43 a game all the way up to $65 a game. And those are run anywhere from uh, 70 minutes, which is an hour and 10 minutes to an hour and 40 minutes long. And that's why I tell people this is the greatest part-time job in the world. I had some young men last year making six, seven, eight hundred dollars a week, and they were fifteen years old, and they were they were that's happy awesome. as all get out. That's awesome. I was not doing that, making no. four thirty-five an hour working at the grocery store in high school. I, I will tell you that. Pitchfork in my hand, I was mucking stalls <laughs> for fifteen yeah. bucks a week. I was too. I wish I would have found umpiring when I was fifteen <laughs> yes. years of age. Oh my God, that's good stuff. All right, uh, so running out of time. How do we find you? Uh, how do people get involved um, that want to? Of course, we're going to put it up on our Twitter page at Miller and Condon. Uh, so more information there with the website. So give us the details one more time, JP. I'm going to give you two websites. If you want to start working right away and get into our local training program here that continues year-round, we just had two very successful uh, clinics the last couple weeks here in February, the indoor clinics that were well attended. You go to IAUSO.com, IAUSO.com. That's any age from 14 all the way up to retirement. Male, female, anybody, IAUSO.com. If you want to get involved and you're between the ages of 13 and 18 and get involved in that six-week uh, leadership course through MLB Umps Care, you want to go to umpscare.com, U-M-P-S-C-A-R-E.com. Not too late to sign up. If you're between the ages of 13 and 18 and you want to taste it, come on out this Saturday to Hoover High School at 10 o'clock. We'd love to see you. How many games did you schedule last year? Did you say 15,000? Our office scheduled 15,000 softball and baseball games just out of our office. And during the week, 
I'll hook you up, and we'll show you how to get involved in the high school, uh, helping out the high schools as well. Jeez, unreal. JP, thank you. Best of luck. Uh, we'll talk to you throughout the year. Thank you, JP. Talk to you later, Ken. Yeah. Talk to you later, Trent. All Bye-bye. right, thanks, JP. Uh, good to talk to you. Uh, details on the Miller and Condon Twitter page if you'd like to get involved. 15,000 opportunities. That's a lot. Of, that's, that's a big need. No doubt about that. All right, hour number two. Busy one. A lot of basketball. Missouri Valley Conference. Hawkeyes. Cappy on Chicago Sports Trends Plays of the Day. All to come. Hour two next. 106.3 KXNO.